Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. Welcome back to another episode of Ready to Lead. My name is Richard Lindner. I'm your host and joined, joining me, not joined, joining me today, as always, is the lovely, the talented, the beautiful Jeff <laughs> Mask. Thank you for being here. Jeff, I am terrified and excited about our conversation today um, because it's going to be awkward. There's the the starting dad joke. I think we start with dad jokes. That's who we are. We're leaning into it. Uh, all joking aside, I think, Jeff, we were talking before before we, we pressed the little red record button. So much of what we talk about on this on this podcast, on on the blog, in the newsletter, in the trainings is right, it's it's getting everyone aligned. It's it's getting clarity. It's getting it's getting focus, clarity, alignment, trust. And and that's great once you get there. But the reality is, for most of us, that clarity, that alignment, that trust usually happens after the realization that things aren't going well, the realization that something's not working. And the bridge between that realization and the desired end result of alignment, trust, all of these things is the dreaded, awkward conversation, the awkward conversation that acknowledges what you as a leader have now become aware of. It's not working. I know it's not working. It may be me, but it's definitely you. Like there's, we're both not working. Whether that awkward conversation is just that, like something's not working, let's figure it out. Or whether the awkward conversation is more like, I, I don't know that, that we're clear on what your role is, or you're not meeting the expectations of your role or the awkward conversation is you can't work here anymore, right? Or the awkward conversation is one about your leadership, right? Mm -hmm. I want to spend today talking about how to have an awkward conversation. I want to spend today focused on the bridge from the realization of something's not working to the to to the freedom and and just the 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 power of clarity and alignment. So, Jeff. As always, as our resident guru, as as the coach, I'm going to pitch this one to you. And and let's start with, um, when is a girl? I'll take take that back. How do we start an awkward conversation? Like not starting the actual what words, but how do you request an awkward conversation? Like is <laughs> how do we just get the process rolling? Now I'll set the I'll set the the tone again or set the the scene for you. I've realized that I need to have an awkward conversation with someone I'm I'm called to lead and manage. My first step after I go through ode to the ways that I can avoid or not do this and then come back to the fact that I have to, what is my next step? How do I start the process of an awkward conversation that ends in clarity? I love it. First, anyone listening that's kind of going, yeah, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. you, you can relate. You've probably had one. You may be avoiding one. You may have been on the other side of one where it was just went from awkward to straight out mean or just, just bizarre. And so we psychologically have a tendency to those that are more less risk averse and, and a little bit more high conflict, comfortable with high conflict are, are probably less inclined to feel awkward. But even those people I've, as I've led and have been that person that still can be awkward. So how, a, a common question I get is exactly what you said, Richard, how do I start? 
How do I just lead into it? And what I found is, and this may feel overkill for many people, practice. Actually practice your delivery of what you're going to say, because what you want to remove from, from the conversation are two things. You want to remove condescension and you want to remove just nastiness and anger and impatience and frustration, strip it of emotion. And so the first thing before I even begin is just, I, I get myself grounded and recognize how do I, how do I get my tone in a place that's going to be collaborative and helpful and clarifying versus one that right off the, for, off the bats puts up the walls and people are, are, are you know, ready, to, ready to fight or ready to get defensive or what have you. So I guess step zero is get your, once again, get your mindset in a good place <laughs> and practice it, right? We'll, we'll continue to go back to mindset. But now let's get to the real answer to the, to the question. How do you begin? I like to start conversations like this. Uh, when I know it's going to be kind of awkward, I like to think first, awkward then onward. Meaning that the first little bit, the mm. first five seconds are most awkward. Just go with it. Once you get flowing, it's fine. But it's that first part of, oh, what are they going to say? So I like to say stuff like this. I like to use this line. I want to talk with you about such and such. Notice the words. I didn't say need and to. I said want and with. There's a different energy that subconsciously is going on when you say, hey, I want to talk with you about. That's just a great line to use versus I need to talk to you about. If someone were to come to you and say, hey, I need to talk to you, what's your normal knee-jerk reaction? Uh-oh. Yeah, what I exactly. I'm a, I'm a I still have that, like, <laughs> what did my parents just catch me doing? And I was not totally. a bad kid. <laughs> right. When my wife comes to me and says, hey, I need to talk to you, I'm like, oh, dang it. What did I do? <laughs> I know I screwed up. Okay. Yeah, you don't think and... it's praise that's coming next. <laughs> right. But when, when you're when your energy is about a desire and, and a little bit more, just watch your tone and your body language. And when you say, Hey, I want to talk with you about that one line right away is really helpful, but still that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Then I'll lead in and say, okay, I want to talk with you about, and then I'll say very clearly, what, what is the item I want to address? And this is why practicing and getting clear is important. When we just kind of stumble into it, we can trip up on our words. They can feel confused. They may not be really sure what you're addressing. And so it's like, well, wait, how, what, do I, what are you trying to say again? And how are we going through this? So I want to talk with you about, then I get really clear about what is the issue that I want to share? What, what, what is that? And so you name the issue. By the way, much of what I'm going to share comes from one of my favorite books about awkward conversations. It's called Fierce Conversations, actually. It's amazing. Written in the early 2000s. Um, and there, it, there's an opening statement that she recommends in doing, it, and there's six steps to it. And you may feel like, oh, it's so overkill, but I'm telling you, when you can prepare and get this done effectively, the outcome is so much better and the cleanup is so much less. So one, you name the issue here. I want to talk with you about, and it can be how you're behaving with the team. Because it may, it may now, now I'm time out. It may feel nuanced and it may feel like it's no big deal. But if you don't address that awkward part, there's a, the elephant in the room that everybody else is sensing. And if you don't address it, it gets more and more awkward. So, number one, you name the issue. I want to talk with you about your behavior with the team, in particular in team meetings. 
For example, now step two, you give a very specific ex example that illustrates the behavior that you really want to change. So for example, when, when Stacy talks, almost inevitably, you will, you will talk over her and not let her finish. And it's not just Stacy. It's happened with Cindy as well. It's also happened with Claire. It hasn't happened as much as Steve. So that may be a gender thing. I don't know. But you tend to not let others speak, especially females. And I'll be honest, this is step three. Describe your emotion. It's kind of frustrating when I, when I see it happening. But I haven't corrected in the moment because I don't want to embarrass you. But see, if I don't clarify, step four, clarify what's at stake. If I don't remedy this or talk with you about it, I'm afraid that we as a team aren't going to really gel together. And I don't, I don't want that. But I recognize now step five, this is your contribution to the issue, that me not talking with you about this is not helpful. I, I'm, I'm sorry that I've done that. I'm going to change that. I really, step six, you want to resolve and, 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 and solve the issue. I really do think we can solve it. And I know that we can, just having a simple conversation. Seven, invite them to respond. So see how like that, that can feel no big deal. But if you don't recognize what's going on, what you mm. want to solve, and you just kind of go in frustrated, you can go all over the place. And the person's like, okay, bad juju. There's, I, I think I'm in trouble. I don't know what's going on. I'm not really sure what's being addressed, but I just need to sit here and listen. But you don't really get to resolution. And then you leave both of you feeling more awkward. So I'm going to review real quickly those seven steps. Name the issue. Select a specific example that illustrates the behavior you want to change. Three, describe your emotions about the issue. Four, clarify what's at stake. Five, identify your contribution to the problem. Six, indicate your wish to solve the problem. And seven, invite them to respond. And that's when you shut up and listen. So that was a ton to just download, but you can tell I'm very passionate about this subject. Mostly, you said I'm the resident guru expert. Well, how did I get there? Because I've screwed this up royally way too many times. Boy. That's I think we all have. I'm, I am. I am on that bus with you. So let me let me step back for a second. One of the things because I think the practice. I think there's two things, right? Your mindset. One of the things that when I am when when a when a, a leader comes to me, a manager comes to me and says, "How do I do this?" or mm -hmm. or maybe comes to me with a complaint about another person. It's my job to now force them to have the conversation. And what I start with in mindset and how I help anchor their mindset is what is the desired resolution, right? Because this is another way to deal with that, with that emotion, right? We all get, we all get mad. We get mm -hmm. how, how, why would they do this to me? Like mm -hmm. our, like, we go into the, to this weird space of this person speaks over this person in these meetings constantly mm -hmm. and somehow turn it back to how could they do that to me? Right. Right? How could they make me have this conversation? How could they put me in this position? We have to mm -hmm. acknowledge that we we all are going to look at self-preservation and, and kind of be a little selfish at first. So mm -hmm. whatever that 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 emotion, that raw emotion is, I like to get it out. It's going to come out at some place. And, and usually when people say like, I'm going to sleep on this, mm -hmm. that's because time is what they use for letting that emotion dissipate. There's right. not always the benefit of that. A lot of the times totally. these examples happen and we need to have a, a collaborative and, and productive conversation while it's fresh mm -hmm. so they can realize it. But the problem with that is, is our 
level of emotional re like we still feel the emotional reaction to that and we have to get it out so i try to do just that like great i'll go in when a leader comes to me like how'd that make you feel like what do you yeah. want to say to them i'll ask right. the leading questions that are basically i'm getting them to do the 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 verbal equivalent of write an email then delete it right. say everything <laughs> you want to say that you know you shouldn't say but it's raw emotion and let's get that out of the way because then we get to logic then yes. we get to uh, action. Like now we can we can kind of create a collaborative plan to move forward. Yeah. But the the question there is like, what is the desired outcome? Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Because what I've found out is a lot of a lot of young leaders. I mean, young in uh, leadership experience or tenure mm -hmm. versus age. Right. Mm -hmm. What I found is a lot of them don't actually know. I guess I need to fire them. Right. They were insubordinate. They were they were this. They were that. I guess I need to fire them. Mm -hmm. So going in and saying, do you believe that, that that does the company any good? Do you believe that that does the individual any good? Do you believe that does you any good? Do you believe that does your team any good? Like, what is the number one best case scenario? Let's start there and see if we can we can architect a conversation that achieves that unless the the infraction, the thing that we need to talk about is so bad that they they cannot be here. They right. just cannot right. be here from a right. from like a toxic or even legal standpoint, did right. they so, did they do something wrong? So that first part that you said on on that mindset's critical. It's critical for you. Yeah. And if you're hearing this saying, yeah, it's great, that's what I'll do if I'm supporting my managers. What you also need to be hearing is um, you need to do that. You need to have right. someone that you go to and get the sharpness out, have that conversation, let the emotion out so you can move past that phase and have the conversation. And then oh. I'll tell you what, what Jeff said about rehearsing, whether you're going to terminate someone, whether you're going to ask someone to spend the rest of their life with you, whether you're going to step on stage <laughs> and give a presentation, here are the, the, the thing that you need to rehearse more than anything else. The first sentence. Yeah. The first sentence. We lock up at the first sentence and all the thoughts after that get lost. So Ooh. I agree. You have to practice, but you should have memorized the, the facial expressions the tone, the pacing of the very first sentence that you're going to say, and everything else kind of flows after that. But if you if you get stuck on the first, then your brain starts spinning, and now <laughs> now you go into like, well, listen, just what you did to Cindy in that meeting's wrong, and now we're now welcome to the train wreck. Right, it's going to go right. bad from here. So focus on that, and and following those steps, it may seem like overkill, like Jeff said, but just knowing. What you're doing is you're you're crafting a conversation, right? You are right. you are kind of bullet pointing out the scope of that conversation or the flow of that conversation to where it, it's not going to be emotional. It forces right. you to to come up with clearly articulating not only what the problem is, but what, how it makes you feel, how it likely makes others feel, the danger of this organizationally, and then partnering on resolution. And, yeah. and, and Jeff, one question for you, when we get to that step seven and we invite their feedback, what do you, is there a way to say that, that invites honest feedback and not a defensive reply? Yeah, definitely. Because if you're inviting feedback and they're watching, it's mostly how, how you, the emotion you have on your face and the body language that you that you have when when you're listening. And so if you can sit on your hands if you need to, 
if you can nod as needed, whatever needs to do, but, but it's all about them feeling they're in a safe place. In other words, resist the temptation to build a stronger case. Don't get defensive. Don't come back. Just, just listen. The goal is to help them feel understood. When they feel understood, and the buzzwords today are help them to feel seen, heard, and valued, uh, which I believe with, I believe in, by the way, but I think they're used a lot right now, but help them feel truly understood. And, and then ask clarifying, clarifying questions like, okay, so you shared this. If I'm hearing you correctly, I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it. You said, and then just repeat back. Sometimes if you're not careful, that can feel really condescending. But when you do it from a, from a, a motive of, I really want to make sure I'm hearing you the way that you want to be heard. I think you're saying this. Is that accurate? Great. So you can paraphrase that. I, I want to make sure I'm understanding. I want to make sure I'm hearing. When that happens, people feel like, okay, so what not to do? Don't be on your phone. Don't check something. Don't lose eye contact and just be distracted somewhere else. Don't look above them. I'm not, don't like laser them in the eyes 100%, but just, just be there and, and mirror them. Make sure you're bleeding. Help, yeah, help them. Yeah, for sure. Help them feel hurt. When you do that, then the listening really goes into listening mode. You're not just listening in silence. You're listening with your ears, but mostly with your eyes and with your heart. There are three body parts that we use when we listen. And the first thing we think of is our ears, but that's actually the last one. You listen with your eyes, you listen with your heart, and then you listen with your ears. When you combine those together, they'll feel hurt. But if you're just kind of listening to challenge or to say, no, that, that's not accurate or to correct, they're not going to feel heard. They're going to be like, all right, I'm, okay, since you're the higher paid person here, what, what would you like me to do? And it's over. You you made some some really, really good points there. One that I want to make sure that we kind of pause on for a second, because I have done this so many times. And to prove a point, usually when someone is, doesn't agree, doesn't they don't see it, and and in in their defensive responses, they actually are validating it. Mm -hmm. It is, I want to pounce, I'm like, just right. right there. So or something they say <laughs> that that gives me more ammo. I just want to, yes. And, yes, and I and I'm like, I get excited because to me, I'm like, there it is. That's so you're doing it right now, right? You're doing it right now. <laughs> like, I'll interrupt to further prove a point because I am so excited just to get them to agree so that we can move mm -hmm. on to, to how do we stop it or how do we change it or correct it or, or get everybody back in alignment that I just want to keep proving the point. Even, even to the extent of I've done it when they've already agreed. And now, even if I've done all those other things correctly, I it's taken a bit of a left turn because it, now it feels like I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm just right. kind of, they're on the mat, they're down, and I, I just keep kind of getting another shot in. But I know where it comes from in me. So I, I like to sit on your hands, like do whatever you need to do. If you, let's let's talk about that or any mistake yeah. that you realize in a conversation, especially an awkward one. When you realize that you've, you haven't responded correctly or that you've doubled down and kind of kicked them while they were down, mm -hmm. how do you come back from that? So Great if you've done question. the, because, uh, because those seven steps, I've followed them yeah. and gotten this one wrong and seen it spiral off track. Totally. How could, totally. how, if I do that, me, so I screwed it up. Yep. How do yep. I get it back on track? First, I like moment. to, 
I, I like to think of a conversation with a brick wall in between you two. And I like to the, I like the imagery that what I'm doing when I'm listening to them is removing brick by brick so that we can literally see eye to eye versus through a, a, a brick wall. When I'm defensive and I look at the attack, what I'm doing is reinforcing with stronger and stronger cement and mortar in between the bricks. So I like that imagery. I think, okay, what can I remove? How can I remove bricks versus solidify and reinforce the bricks? So to, to answer your question now, all right, so I have kind of put some reinforcement in there and the cement's super strong. Fall on your sword and say, you know what? What I just did didn't help. That, that's not helpful. I want to make sure I'm really hearing you. Keep, keep going. Mm. And stop. No need, to, no need to keep talking. No need to apologize forever. Just say, you know what? That wasn't helpful. I, I'm not doing a, a good enough job of helping you if you heard because clearly there's a disconnect and I'm likely causing part of or most of it. And me just doing that didn't help. So I'm sorry. Mm. Continue. Just so recognize so that. I love that for a couple of reasons. Let's go back to the example of a team member that is constantly interrupting or speaking over an, another team or several team members. And, and let's use that as an example. If you do something in a conversation about that, that you realize that you've done mm -hmm. and you stop and you acknowledge what you just did, you apologize and you reset or reframe the conversation yeah. and then give the, give the microphone or the platform or the focus back to the other person, mm -hmm. you have just modeled what they should do the next right. time they interrupt anyone in that conversation. Yep. You have shown them how to go, because there are probably several times that they've realized mm -hmm. they've done it. And yep. kind of don't know where to go. And sometimes when certain people get nervous, they just talk more. Keep going. Right. Exactly. That's me. Yeah. If I am embarrassed or I'm nervous or I'm thinking, I just talk a lot. Right. Yeah. I just, I do. But if we go about that and go, for me, I use timeout because it just, because mm -hmm. it gives me multiple <laughs> aspects. I can use, I can use the, I can use the like actual time hand right. signal and say like, hold right. time, timeout. Uh, right. And I can also say it. And it, everyone knows, you know, you, you, you have to have seen a sport to realize totally. what that means. It means both right. sides take a step back and, and, yeah. and pause. So for me, I go timeout. Right. Here's what I just did. And I'm sorry. And like you said, that's not at all helpful. Mm -hmm. Here's, here's what I was attempting to do. And wow, did I just make it way worse? So I'm sorry. Uh, that's something I'm trying to work on. What I'll like to do when it's appropriate is say, could you, so I want to give it back to you, but just, just so you know, I am now aware that this is, I've been made aware this is something that I do and I'm trying to change. It's still a bit of a habit and a bad habit. If I do this, would you please just call me on it? Now, yeah. here's how I like to be like, like maybe let's come up with a secret word. You know, maybe you use like banana or mm -hmm. aardvark or something that's <laughs> like, ah, I'm doing it again, aren't I? It's a little bit silly. It's a little bit funny, but it, it kind of calls me out. Again, I'm modeling, but I'm coming. If I'm truly doing that, I, I, I want to, I want to confess that I'm struggling with something, acknowledge that it's still a bad habit and ask for someone to partner on the change for sure. And then give them a funny way to do it that we're talking about awkward conversations. It's hard to be awkward when in the middle of a meeting, someone yells out aardvark right. or banana. <laughs>
And you're like, what? Like, Definitely. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Keep and going. And then I go, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. I was just doing this thing. Uh, my bad. Okay. Back to you. So again, in, in, in how it, I see those as an opportunity when, when, when you in doing everything right, kind of screw up in, in one way, it's an opportunity oh. for you to, to model what you should do. Right. So Jeff, back to the, the question when I'm inviting their, their comments, their feedback, like, is it appropriate to say, do you, is this something that you've noticed? Do you feel like this is something you do? Like, is there, do we want to ask a question that leads them to, to, to either agree or disagree, or is that dangerous? Because it feels like the natural next step is to say, is that something that, that you are aware that you do? Or is that dangerous because I'm now not asking them if they do it, I'm asking them if they know they do it? You know, it depends on your motive. If your motive is rooted in curiosity, no problem. If your motive is genuinely rooted in judgment, problem. And so check yourself and check what, what, what's the motive of what you're, you're asking questions. Because if you truly are curious and you want to understand their perspective, curiosity, the energy of curiosity will keep the conversation in a healthy place. But when it's energy of should and all the, all the judgment type of, well, that's, that's not the right way to do it. How about maybe being open to many, multiple good ways of doing it? And there isn't necessarily a right way very often, but see, curiosity will prevail and they'll feel that if, if that's the case. So it is appropriate to ask sometimes, and hey, are you aware that that can happen? Hey, did you notice that this situation, this occurred? I'm curious if you, and actually use the word curious. Mm, I'm curious like if, if you've seen that. Yeah. Because, but you've got to be curious. You, you can't use curiosity as a manipulative tool when you know curiosity is more important than judgment, when really you're using curiosity to mask your judgment. Mm. And, and, wow. and the analogy that's used in fierce conversations that I love is the analogy of the beach ball. And so think of it like this. If I have a ball and I put this ball that's about a, a foot wide, a foot tall, and I put it right in front of your eyes, and so all you see is this ball, and I ask you what color it is, and they say red. Then I take the exact same ball, and the person on the other side of the wall who heard the conversation, I say, okay, I turn the ball a little bit, but they don't know it. And I put the ball right in front of their face and say, what color is this ball? And they say blue. And then we say, okay, tell the other person on the other side of the wall what color it is. And they say, no, it's red. No, it's blue. No, it's red. No, it's blue. Well, who's right? They both are. Right. Because from their perspective, that's all they see. Perspective. Cr yeah. Cross functionally, that's happening all the time. We only see our silo. We only see our turf. And we're not willing and or able to either A, recognize there is a beach ball going on. And B, there are different ways of thinking about a particular situation. And we don't have the humility to then stop and go, hmm, might there be another way? The answer almost always, if not always, is yes. And so the curiosity comes mm. from huh, I wonder what blue they're seeing. Because I'm literally, I only see red. And I do not comprehend how somebody could see this as blue. But when you hear their perspective, when you listen, when you're curious, you go, ah, oh, got it. And sometimes their beach ball is blue because of how they were raised in their family life. Sometimes their beach ball is blue because of how they're raised in their professional life. Sometimes they're stressed about their particular department. If they don't protect their turf, then they can't. And by, by opening up all of a sudden now, they may not protect their turf, right? Whatever it is, find mm. out why they're seeing blue. 
and be and make it a quest of, of curiosity. And when you do, you go, ah, oh, now I get it. Then you repeat back. You're seeing that because of this. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Are you open to maybe another perspective? Only when they know you hear them. But they won't be open to another perspective if you don't, if they don't feel heard. <laughs> and and P.S. This works in our family lives. <laughs> this works at work, right? But we get so fixated on our right and wrong, our black and white, our point of view, the beach ball is red and I'm going to die on this hill versus having the humility to say, hmm, how could someone else see it differently and how might I understand that? It's pretty awesome when we have the curiosity versus judgment. Yeah, I just love that. Be curious. Try, seek yeah. to understand their perspective versus, but before you you force yours down there, they need to, they need to understand your perspective, but if you are oblivious to, to theirs, then alignment and resolution is going to be really, really difficult. If at first, the first thing they have to do is accept that there is no basis for their action or perspective, mm-hmm. that is a tough sell. Yeah. Right. It's a, if they, because what it means is admit that you were bad, wrong, malicious, hateful. We are having to admit things about ourselves that we don't want to admit about ourselves. Even if Mm -hmm. in the moment Mm -hmm. it may have felt that way, our, our actions rarely, rarely are intended that way, right? Feelings are never wrong, but they're also just there, right? They happened, right? The intention to make someone feel a certain way can be wrong, but Mm -hmm. Rarely are you going to have awkward conversations about malicious activities because those conversations typically aren't awkward. Someone steals. That's not an awkward conversation, right? right? Someone is harassing another person. For me, that's not an awkward conversation. Cut and dry, right? Very cut and dry. So Mm -hmm. when you think of awkward conversations, kind of let's define that as someone making someone feel a way they didn't intend to, or someone Mm -hmm. not doing something, maybe unknowingly, someone not living up to their potential, someone being unclear of the expectations, someone not being able to do the job, but maybe because it's not clear. So you as the leader needing to be seen a certain way and need to be received a certain way. And if you go into that conversation, then you may not be in that same light and you may, you're trying to save face, right? There's all sorts of reasons why it gets awkward for sure. Yeah. But yes, I'm with you. So something else that that came up in in my mind while you were having this, and especially when you said uh, when you're talking about how to how how to how to hear how to listen, right? Mm-hmm. Something that I'm really really bad at is folding my arms. Mm-hmm. So folding my arms across my chest is how <laughs> is my default move for when I'm processing. Yeah. And finally, my business partner came to me and said, "Hey, man." I I don't know if you're aware of this, but I felt super shut down in a meeting we had today. And I found myself defending my point or position to you. And I didn't understand why, because your words were agreeing with me. But what I finally realized was your body language yep. was closed off and like, your arms were folded across your chest and you leaned back and kind of looked up and it hit me. This is how you process. This is your like, 
and and you probably you. also yeah. think that people assume like oh that's a good point i mm. haven't thought about it that way what people feel is i'm closed off i'm smarter than you you're dumb why would you come to that he's like so man i don't right. i felt that and i know you better than just about anybody else here i can only imagine how others feel yep so you've got to whether it's put them in your front pocket put them in your back pocket put them behind your head or like raise mm -hmm. your hands or just do something so it's, it, it almost needs to be talladega knights R ricky bobby like i don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> don't cross them over your chest totally. do something else right. um, the we, we point came there up is... with a with a like a funny word great yeah the, the powerful point here is self-awareness mm -hmm. be aware but, of how you're coming across how you're looking and have enough trust that coworkers can tell you yo you're doing this right now and Bingo. I don't think you think it's what you think it is, right? Another awkward conversation. <laughs> so potentially, something that helps me in in both modeling and in accountability is when, for the longest time, I try to hide that and fix it, and just be like, "Oh, I got to fix this because it's oh, it's just it's bad," and people are it's it's either leading to 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 not what I want, like where I'm not driving people to get the results, I'm not I'm not able to grow people, I'm not able to build trust, whatever it is. I've got to almost hoard that or hide that and fix it before it's too late. Then it hit me that sometimes acknowledging that there's a problem solves 30% of the problem. Totally. Half the or problem, more. maybe more. Right. So what I do now and what I did in that scenario, and that was kind of an aha moment for me, was instead of hoarding or hiding my now, I'm now I went from, you know, unconsciously incompetent to consciously incompetent, meaning right. I didn't know right. that I was doing this thing that had a negative effect. Now I know, but it's still habit. It's still mm -hmm. my, my default. Right. I have to change it. That's going to take time yeah. to take reps. So instead of hiding that fact while I'm secretly working on it and then punishing myself with poor self-talk, you did it again, keep doing this. How could you do this? I just went to the team and said, I, Real quick, before we get this meeting started, Ryan had a conversation with me the other day and, and kind of let me in on something that I was completely unaware of. My and, and my default when I am thinking, pondering, considering, especially when it's something that I, I, I want people to feel collaborative on is to, is this is my default. Mm -hmm. And my assumption always was that everyone knew that 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 was me showing in a, in, in, in a physical way that I'm, I'm considering what you said. I'm giving it thought because it's smart. It's, yeah. it, it is worth pondering. I want to make sure I respond with after careful consideration. He told me that this is how it made him feel. Now, if that's how it made him feel, my guess is it's made everyone in this room feel at least that way, if not worse. So I need you to know it's not my intention but it is habit and it's something I'm going to be actively working on. But because it's habit, it means it's going to happen without me realizing it. So here's the funny word that we came up with for him to call me out. I'm telling you all that because I'm going to ask you to help me break this habit. It's great. When you see me doing that, say the funny word. I'll know what it means. Might giggle a little, might apologize, uh, but I'll definitely stop doing it. It's great. And I broke it like that. And also, now everyone had context and all the other times that I did that, and it made them feel a certain way that they can go, oh, well, 
that's not it. Maybe that maybe a thing I had is no longer a thing because I now have new data points. So mm-hmm. here's what I would I would encourage you or challenge you to do. Jeff said curiosity, and I just shared a story of how something that that I did habitually with good intentions actually led to a much different feeling than I had intended. I want you to be curious in finding out what it is that you do that follows that pattern. What do you what do you do either what do you say? What's a look that you have? What's a physical position or stance that you take that you don't realize you're doing that may have a shutdown or negative emotion attached to it? Be curious in in seeking out your own flaws before you're pointing out others. Just the act of doing that will give you the ability to later have a conversation about their shortcomings, their totally. lack of, of, of filling the, the, the seat in the way that it requires in this season. But yeah. if you first look from within and, and, and partner on, on understanding what you do that may be frustrating to the team um, or that may make them feel in a way that is not your intention, it'll be so much easier to one model that activity and two, to have that conversation in reverse. Totally. And awkward conversations that you have will be so much more fluid, so much more powerful because you won't be distracting with all these other filters that you're unintentionally bringing to the conversation. For sure. Absolutely. That's awesome. So that's well, my challenge two, to you. Two last points. People always yep. ask like, what do I do after I have the conversation? And, mm. and like, how do I make sure that when I'm, when I'm having that conversation that I know the best time to have it? So I'm going to address those really quickly because they're very common. After you have the conversation, follow up, reinforce with care. Don't leave them high and dry. Just check in. Don't be unnatural about it, but don't let crickets prevail. So check in with them periodically. Then when's the best time? Here's the, my simple, simple connection or answer to this one. If you know it's too soon when your emotions are raw, you know it's too long when you're justifying why it's no longer a big deal. Mm. Err on the side of sooner than later because the longer you delay it, the more other things become more important and you just say, oh, no big deal. But when you don't address it, you tolerate the bad behavior, which is much louder than what you preach. Classic line from extreme ownership, right? So if your emotions are raw, give yourself a little time. But if you start to justify why it's no longer a big deal, you know you've waited too long. Those are good indicators of of when to have these conversations. Err on the side sooner than later. The more you delay, the more you start to to say, ah, it's not that big of a deal. And then all of a sudden you have dysfunctional behavior that's tolerated on the team. Everybody sees it. And now it's like, ah, this is kind of how our culture is. Okay, fine. I guess this is cool. Nope, not cool. Have the conversation sooner than later, but be curious, not judgmental. Check your emotions and move forward with curiosity and care. That's the best rule of so good. So yeah, there's the mic drop and we we hopefully you you enjoyed this this conversation, but man, it's it's a summitless mountain, this thing called leadership, and every day we're waking up learning how to be ready to lead. Hopefully this episode today helped you become a little bit more ready to lead your people. Absolutely. So follow-up actions, right? Let's end with with action in mind. So one, um, Ask your team, be curious with your team about what ticks you may have, what habits you may have that you unknowingly 
make them feel shut down, unheard, underappreciated, lesser than. So be curious. Be curious to your bad habits and that 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 and invite them to to partner on change. That's one. Uh, two, since we're talking about awkward conversations, um, if you felt a little weird in your stomach, right? Mm-hmm. If this started to give you a little anxiety, the butterflies, the oh no, uh, my homework is due but not done kind of feeling. Let's throw it all the way back to middle school. That means there's an awkward conversation that you probably need to have. And you know you need to have it. What I'm going to encourage you to do is have that conversation. Follow these seven steps that Jeff laid out. Have the conversation. Because awkward conversations only get more awkward with time. To Jeff's point, right? It can't be too much time to where you're justifying. If you've justified those conversations and there is still a bad habit, the only person that you're protecting is you. And even that is a lie. If there is an awkward conversation you need to have, have it. Don't let another day or another week, depending on how, how awkward of a conversation, <laughs> how much prep you need, but don't let this week go by without having that conversation. And but submit to us place... any feedback. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, and Richard. Keep going. Have it from a place of curiosity, not judgment. Understand that, that this conversation is the bridge between the current behavior, lack of performance, and the clarity and, and achievement on the other side. The conversation is the bridge. You are choosing not to not to build that bridge, which means you're choosing to live in underperformance, in uh toxic in in toxic habits or whatever other thing may be happening. Like you are enabling it by not having that conversation. So, have it. Have the conversation. And to Jeff's point, we do want your feedback. We want to know what are what's the worst thing you've ever done the an awkward conversation what's the the <laughs> biggest fail you've ever had what's the biggest ambush that you've ever felt when someone had an awkward conversation with you what's the thing you do that someone let you know that you were the most shocked by like whatever it is we want to know like let's have a conversation here and if you have any feedback about this episode or episodes in the future about our interaction or anything we can do to to enable you to lead from a powerful place, we want to know. So send us an email to feedback at readytolead.com, and we can't wait to hear from you. So until next time, Jeff, thank you so much for your insights and those seven steps. I can't wait to do this again. So we'll see you next time. Thank you, Richard. And thank you, everybody. Let's go be ready to lead. Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into, or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough, or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know. Send them an email at feedback at readytolead.com. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll see you on the next one.